Good morning and welcome to a very special episode of Content Content. If you notice, I'm going to be talking to the open air today. That's right, folks. It's Derek and the Mountain Cam. No, that's not true. However, this will be a very special episode. If you've been following Content Content, you know that my dear friend, Shaq Gomez, is taking a break, taking a little time during the quarantine to be with the family, to commune with the contentment of nature, dare I say. And couldn't we all use a little bit of that if we can get it during the global pandemic madness? Um, so what we're looking at here, Mountain Cam, is uh, J Mountain the Adirondacks. Oh, should I not have, should I not give it away where you were, Mike? I'm so sorry. Fine, man. Uh, <laughs> I won't give away the address. <laughs> security up and let, let's be There's honest. A couple of strong deers I saw yesterday. <laughs> Let's be honest. You are so far upstate right now that um, it would really be a trek to, to, for somebody to track you down. Oh my god! I could. I, I drove right past this place. I couldn't even. I couldn't even. Uh, Forty-five minutes from the nearest grocery store. Um, but uh, yes, this will be a certain special type of episode. Um, we're gonna touch base with what are you a skateboarder, Mike? You got a little. Is that you skateboarding like that? <laughs> you gotta have. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just like to create some extra unnecessary danger. Oh yeah, like you might step you on know, it at any like point and not see it. <laughs> skateboarding on the mountains. Wow, not easy because it's very rocky up there. As far as I, as far as I, uh, as far as I know. <laughs> All right, man. So I'm gonna kick out the mountain camp. I'm coming in. All right, that's. Uh, I'm glad to give. I, if you're just listening, I apologize that you missed out on that. Um, but it is a lovely, uh, a lovely little landscape that Mr. Gomez is looking at as we currently speak. He's going to join us here on the regular cam, although hardly regular. Again, it's hardly a regular episode. Um, look at the beautiful nature behind you, Mike. Um, and also, first off, I'd like to start by saying. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your uh, very des- well-deserved vacation um, to do a little episode for us this week, Mike. Um, uh, it's, it's fun to do it from here, man. It's more fun. Now, I would imagine that part of this vacation would be a mental benefit. Um, has that been the case thus far for you? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, uh it's nice, you know, like like we were saying before, it's funny, you, you come up here and, uh, you know, like you're from Albany, and I feel like that's far up, you know, from, from where we are in Yonkers. And it is, in your defense, it is. It, and it is, right? And then, and then uh, <laughs> so I met somebody, and they're like, yeah, I moved all the way up here from Albany. Like. And I'm like, whoa. That's... I'm really far up, <laughs> like like we're we're really up there. But it's nice, man. I mean, the the listen. I mean, they one a fun fun little uh, fact that someone mentioned to me is uh, the word vacation. I don't know how true this is, but this is what they said comes from here uh, because they would vacate New York City and come up here. Really? Vacation. Yeah, yeah. Vacate. You know, I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of history here. A lot of um, it's it's really cool. I mean, it, it's there's so much to do, you know, nature wise. I mean, yeah. there's so many trails. There's so much uh, hiking and, and uh, 
there's so, so many places to swim and you know people literally just pull off to the side of the road and there's so many swim holes and, and, and waterfalls it's crazy it's just so beautiful up here you know i am biased given that i'm a new york state i'm a upstate new york guy um but the adirondacks truly really, it's very like a historical place as well um i believe there were like a number of stops along the underground railroad in the adirondacks yeah um there's all sorts of like naturalist history um even lots of musical history bluegrass history in the adirondacks yeah. uh revolutionary war stuff in the adirondacks um mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. quite a place to be, man. Yeah, too bad we couldn't. There, there is an underground railroad museum, and we wanted to visit it because I mean, it, they have a lot of great stuff there. And uh, yeah, uh, but you know, of course, they're closed due to you know COVID. <laughs> everything, anything indoors is closed. So, yeah, which right. is to be expected, you know. Right. So, right. but there's but mostly everything here is outdoors. So. Good, good one, of the, one of the nice things about it. Um, well, how, what was that? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. How city life, man? How's uh? It's terrible, man. Ever since you left, it's really gone. <laughs> it's really gone uh, belly up here. <laughs> Listen, the, the news cycle hasn't changed that much. I, I noticed that. I, oh, I got off of social media, but I still look at the news. Pretty yeah, much, yeah, because you know, just in case, it's it's pretty much. Yep, um, Trump said that Dr. Fauci made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, so that's something. And uh, uh, Roger Stone got pardoned by Trump too, so that's a totally different type of headline. Yeah. Um, commuted his sentence or whatever. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, the madam to uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, pedophile ring, uh, she was arrested too, so that's a bit of news. It's just been sunshine and daisies since you <laughs> left, Mike. <laughs> it's just been good story after good story. <laughs> man. And that's what I've noticed, yeah, man. Pretty much. So what... Uh, I have, I have a bunch of things I'd like to, to get to today, but um, well, let me let me throw it to you, Mike. Um, how has been your communing? Um, it's been nice. I mean, one of, one of the, the things that uh, it makes you think about is, uh, which we, we, we talk about a lot, you know, it's just kind of like being, you know, instead of uh, constantly uh, using, using your brain and then listening to your thoughts and just kind of like... Uh, you know, when you when you when you climb a mountain, you know, like like I I did the other day uh, and almost passed out. Uh, <laughs> and now and, usually usually on content content we're talking about sort of metaphorical mountains, mountains of the mind. You climbed yeah. a literal physical mountain the other day. Yeah, and we I climbed up uh, two thousand feet. Uh, about a, <laughs> it's supposed to be two and a half hours, but I think it took me about at least three, probably. Yeah, well, uh, it would have taken me five. So yeah, and it's it's only going straight up. Yeah, literally, I'm I've never <laughs> done a climb like that. There's no, it's the whole climb is up. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's, so but you know yeah, of course you get up there and the view is just insane. You did um, send me a picture. It seems absolutely like breathtaking. Yeah, breathtaking. So. You know, when you see stuff like that, uh, one of the good things about it is it does shut the brain off. You know, I, mm. mean, I, I, I was I was about to puke at the time because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which also I, shuts the brain off, I guess. But <laughs> but once I got over that, you know, and, and everything, and luckily there's been plenty of other views and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It you know it shuts the brain off, and and uh, you know you have no 
control. Just sort of like you, 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 similarly to when you have many thoughts and you can't stop them, mm-hmm. you know, nature seems to have a natural effect on me, at least I can say, where um, it turns those thoughts off, you know? Mm. You get involved with, with what you're doing, you just kind of look and you're like, and you're able to, you know, just empty the whole thing out for mm-hmm. a minute. And, and something so awe-inspiring and beautiful that it's able to just empty out the brain for a moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what we try to do a lot, you know, at Content Content, in a sense, you know, I mean, I, it's kind of a contradiction, but but we because we think a lot and we discussing things. Mm. Um, but uh, like like I mentioned to you uh, when, before we started going live, uh, I I got a little something from Alan Watts, and uh, man, that guy. If if nobody's listened to that guy, he's got a hell of a lot to say about everything, and I don't know how he speaks for three hours straight. I don't know. Me neither, man. And it's engaging for three hours. Alan Watts, like I said, one of those guys where I just cannot understand how he seems to understand everything. He's one of these guys, he's constantly, he'll quote Hindu texts, he'll quote Jesus, he'll quote Jewish texts, he'll quote Buddhist texts, and they they all make sense together in his mind. (laughs) Yeah, he's really... I'll never achieve that. (laughs) No, no. If there's anyone who could have been an alien or something like that yeah good point man it's it's him you know (laughs) it it really is man because it's like man really like he just on and on and on so i'm gonna read this is like someone someone wrote like a a little article i pulled out a couple things from it but it's about thinking um thinking a reflection of our rational mind is a good servant but a bad master Yes, I love that. I, I I love that one because I mean, oh, yeah. we we talk about that a lot. You know how exactly if you let those thoughts take over, it's a wrap. Don't you know? let your don't let your mind be in charge. So you've got to, you know, get some control of 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 the controllable and get on that. You know, there you go. And um, it goes on to say, uh, it's perhaps one of the most powerful tools. You know, and, and I like the fact that it says tools because to think of thought. And your mind, instead of as who you are, you know, because that's what we tend to do naturally. Like, yes. you feel like your thoughts are who you are. You know, if I think right. this, then I become that. You know, if I'm this, and you were kind of like wrapped up in that uh, sort of trying to control our destiny and speak things into existence kind of vibe. And um, I like that. And, you know, you know, perhaps one of the most powerful tools. You know, it's a tool. You know, our yes. thoughts, our, our mind is a tool. It's not who we are. I love that kind of, like, perspective. Um, mm-hmm. But it needs to be used in moderation, which we, we and you need to work on, Derek. <laughs> As, uh, the I can't find the off switch on this thing, man. I'm trying to pull my batteries out. <laughs> yep. So it should be used, this, this is kind of what it's saying, as an instrument for solving problems. Then it's put aside when it's no longer serves us in this way we live the rest of our time inhabiting reality otherwise we confuse our symbols words ideas and numbers with the real world thoughts can be of epic dimensions or as common as the idea 
that we have to survive in the world, to get ahead, to not fail, and to stay alive. Though we know that death is yet coming, which kind of made me think of last time when we were talking about the death myth. Oh, yes. The connection, you know, of, you know, how much death and the idea of death drives our thoughts and our decisions and and myths and things, you know, Mm -hmm. to do it, to make money, or simply the notion that we have to be something else. Such thoughts exhaust the mind by not allowing us to enjoy the world we inhabit and all of that which exists outside the mind. And I like that, especially where I'm at, you know. It really fit into me uh, because it's sort of a it's sort of a hack. Nature is a hack. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, oh, when you're when you're stuck in the city, uh, you're trying to come up with these thoughts and these hacks because you're stuck in the middle of the of this this situation and it's constant happening and going to and from and, and surviving and uh, a beautiful sight or can can it's a hack it completely empties out your brain and I and and I. I love that. I mean, you don't have to do anything. You just like <laughs> it's an autopilot, you know, it's like mm-hmm. and um I think that's that's the beauty of 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 uh nature and I think uh, when we're, you know, stuck in the city all the time, uh we we miss out on that and um you know, sure there's some drawbacks, you know, the the well water in the cabin smells like sulfur. Uh, but there's, there's there's some heavy heavy benefits you know Definitely. and now i know he's got a sign and it says moose fart lodge and now i know why he said moose fart you know the sulfur yeah. in the water that's the, the moose fart <laughs> but and i would love to see a moose but I'm not, I mean, I think they're more, they're, there's only a certain time you see them, like when they migrate or something like that. Yeah, I suppose uh, that's true. very rare. I mean, but okay. gosh, you know, I've, I've never seen one. On, I did see a couple like really strong deers, which, which was cool. Cause, yeah. cause the deer I see, let me tell you, Yonkers deers, man, they're not they're, eating. They're tiny. <laughs> let me tell you, the ones I saw up here were strong. Like you could see yeah. muscles. Yeah, like the, right. I feel bad. You know, I bring him carrots, the one in the park in Yonkers. Oh yeah, right. So great. I, you know, I got to bring him some more, like some protein shakes. <laughs> you got to bring him a steak or something. Because these ones up here, man, <laughs> they're big different. Yeah, oh, they're like they're like muscles, like. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you in Yonkers, they're living in your backyard, where you are right. now. You're in their backyard. Yeah, that's like, what is this human doing out here? Was he nuts? Yeah, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, um, well, first off, I was just going to say, I can't imagine. I've never seen a moose in real life either. That yeah. thing must be huge, man, with the Thousand antlers pounds. and everything. That's got to be. You get on the back of one of those, you can ride up that mountain two and a half, two and a half miles in no time. <laughs> Clip clop, clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. Survive that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hold on to that. The antlers. That's right. <laughs> That's gonna be a hell of a day. Um, but uh, gosh, yeah, there's so many things, man. Like, uh, well, one of the things I was gonna talk about a little bit later is this week. I finally sat down and I'm like, I'm gonna try and get into the habit of meditating. 
just 10 minutes a day. Everybody says it's the greatest thing you can ever do for your mind, and there's no wrong way to do it. Just sit down and do it. Um, but I also would say that I think sometimes <clears throat> certain things are more meditative than we give them credit for. And some of the hang-up that I think kind of like prevents people from meditating is they or you know, we're led to believe, well, you have to sit down on a tiny pillow and cross your legs and think about nothing, and that's what meditating is. When in fact, you know, I don't think you need to necessarily be sitting down, though maybe it's recommended. Um, you could theoretically be on the subway and just get into a sort of meditative space. Um, and there's something, a lot of meditation, I think, is about like a single-pointedness of mind. So instead of engaging with the... Um, undulating thoughts that are just again leaking out of us we have a sort of like so that's why people will have like a mantra or something you kind of just repeat this mantra so you have a single pointedness of mind <clears throat> so that you can again like calm your mind a little bit um but as far as i know there's also like a long history of walking meditations um that is like equally as valuable a meditation practice and I would assume that that is um, a storied practice because it is very effective. Um, and you're right. There is something about like being in nature, walking along, hiking that you it's, it's almost like a physical mantra in and of itself because you have to be engaged um, because you're going someplace one foot in front of the other. And there's something just inherently interesting about the environment, trees, mountains, rivers, lakes, mud, dirt, whatever. Um, that's very, that's deep into our genetic code or what have you, mm -hmm. um, to be engaged in that way. And when you continually have to put one foot in front of the other, it's very difficult, at least more difficult, to be thinking about like, oh gosh, did I, you know, should I be doing this or what am I going to do about this? Or, um, and that in and of itself, good morning, uh, is meditative. Uh, and I think maybe like a lot of folks um, don't consider it that way. Like, oh, we, again, you have to be sitting down. Um, but I think you would agree that that experience was meditative up until the point that you you felt physically ill um which is a different kind of experience i guess but <laughs> yeah that was completely my fault um yeah uh, it was i just got so so excited like i hadn't been on a hike in a long time i haven't really exerted myself um so i just went i went nuts and i just climbed i climbed that mountain faster than i i've done hikes where i just go you know that aren't even that steep i just mm -hmm. went nuts that's that's completely <laughs> my fault um but yeah i agree with you man i think that you don't need to um I, I think that's a good thing you brought up because a lot of people do kind of you know and that happens with a lot of things you get this stereotypical way of doing something or this you know people think zen and like you said right away all of a sudden you know you're you're like legs are crossed you're you know like whatever you're like uh whatever right um and i think that we need to you know like i'm in no way an expert, but I, I kind of think that we all need to, because um, we're all different, and I think that we need to fit it in to a, a little bit of what works for us somehow. You know, some are in the I, city, some are in the country, some are, some people don't like 
to walk. Some people uh, like to run. Some people, um, yeah, doesn't, doesn't have, have to, to be, be that. Position. Yep, agreed. And and um and that's what I think. We you know like for me the it, just walking, like what you were saying, it automatically and then you become more observant. And the the, the nice thing about being in nature is that there's constant change. You know, yeah. a, a bird is over here. Now a bird is over there. Mm. Uh, an, an animal, you don't even know what animal is that. I don't know. It just kind of went so quickly. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. The weather changes. You know, a joke they say up here is uh, if you don't like the weather in the Adirondacks, wait 10 minutes. <laughs> the weather's changing. It, a storm comes. The sun comes out. It gets really cool. Then it, the sun comes out, and it's, it's, all of a sudden it goes from a 10-degree jump. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so, you, you know, there's this constant, it's not, you know, it, something where your mind can get bored. And it, I think it allows you to just be in more, which is, which is, you know, what we, we want to do. And, you know, like, you know, what I was reading from, from Alan Watts, you know, it, it's, it's, we need, we do need to kind of use our thinking and our thoughts as a tool I think that's a huge, huge jewel to me, you know, from reading that. That was the biggest part. Of and what I got, out of, I got a lot of things out of it. But the, the thing that kind of just really pierced for me is a, to just to reframe that narrative that we have where, you know, the, use the mind as a tool mm-hmm. to problem solve, to get things done, not to create your reality in a sense. You know, because that could be contradictive because you, you, you want to control the controllables, but you, you don't want the, the controllables to control you. <laughs> that makes sense, right? I think so, man. <laughs> and, and I think that's what he's saying, man. I think that's what, you know, what Alan Watts is saying. He's saying, you know, don't, don't, don't let those things that you could control, control you, use them uh, as tools, um, to, if if problems arise, to solve them, to plan, to to uh, be wise in what you're doing and careful, um, and to avoid, you know, which is very hard if if, you, if we're stuck in news cycles, if we're if we're stuck in um, so much that's happening, you know, and it's hard to remove yourself when you're right in it, you know. Yes, uh, it's very hard, man. You you. And 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 us being city guys, you 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 are in a more confined space. You know, it's yes. not easy to just. And then quarantine. Think, let's think. Think about that. You throw. You, we were already in crowded situations where we felt sort of stuck. You know, yeah. when you got on the train, when you know you commute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then we slapped. COVID and quarantine on top of that. Mm-hmm. No, you know, that's an even uh, more difficult thing. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, thinking about meditating in other ways, like you're saying, I think it's definitely um, a jewel because it, it, it maybe there's other creative things we're not even thinking about. You know, walking, nature. I mean, maybe, like you, you mentioned, like repeating a mantra kind of. Yes, that's a type of, of thing, you know, uh, uh, maybe even some kind words to yourself, you know, you know, yeah. like, 
Like, I, I'm, I'm not a jerk. I'm not a jerk. I'm not a jerk. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm cool and people like me. I'm cool. Cool and people like me. <laughs> yeah. Anything, you know, whatever, you, whatever, whatever works, you know. And, and I think that, that I like that you, you said that because it's kind of, it takes away like that uh, sort of kookiness about, you know, that people might feel about meditating you know like i can't yeah. do that i can't just sit there you know right you know, you know, all right explore some possibilities you know try right. some stuff right. yeah know. i i think that's that's very important because yeah often it's like and i've said this myself i'm too busy to meditate and if you say that unfortunately it means you you're one of the ones who needs to meditate the most <laughs> if you're too busy yeah. to take 10 minutes out of one day to sit. And it can be 10 minutes. That's that's the thing to, to, to emphasize, too. It yeah, doesn't true. have to be like you're this guru who's like, like you know, I'm gonna six hours. hours straight, you know, <laughs> in the same position. God, and, God bless you if you can do it, but I think it's yeah. rare. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you do 10 minutes in your, in your, you know, everybody listens to this, listens to that. I mean, if you can just take 10 minutes and just mute out things on your on your drive even, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you're still doing stuff, so it's hard, I guess, on a drive. Mm-hmm. But whatever, take what you can get, maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Take what you can get. Steal the moment, you know, if you, wherever you can steal it. I mean, someone's oh, late, you're waiting for them. Uh, yeah. Um, there's two Meditate, really... Meditate, unfit the brain. Meditation, unfit the brain. <laughs> well there's two really like key things i love you said there man like one is that um we often identify with our thoughts and and we think our thoughts are who we are um and yet we have so little control over um where those thoughts come from often, um, even though we identify with them so personally, we have a yeah. constant three stream of thoughts every moment of every day, all the That's time. That's a really good point. And we sometimes so engage with certain ones. It's and sometimes not even your thought at that point. No, it's where you're getting at, right? a really like interesting way to kind of conceptualize like consciousness or something is, yeah. right, so we have God, which is the universe, the oneness, the Dharma, it, it all. And we are just a little tuning fork through which these thoughts come into our head and come out of our mouth, or at least come into our head and rattle around in our brain. So, you know, it's like when you sit down and make those beats, was it you who came up with them? Or rather, was it what you were able to hear from God, from the universe, that came through you? So did you really make all those beats, Mike? (laughs) No. And to the extent no one's ever made anything other than the universe making itself. Well, Um, there's some to to piggyback on just that one little thing. Yeah. um, There's uh, the the concept that no idea is original. You know, all we do is take what's already there. And as a creative person, you're rearranging. Mm -hmm. We don't create anything. We're just rearranging what's already there and, and making something that looks new. You know, we're taking, even when you go back to the caveman, they, you know, they take the head of an animal and put it with this. You're like rearranging what's already there. We're not actually creating. 
like creating something completely new out of thin air. Yeah, um, thin air, I actually, yeah. I actually think it's kind of a beautiful thing because it means that like human, whatever, progress, civilization, intelligence has been one sort of like baton pass to the other across generations. Meditation opens up consciousness and allows for synchronicity. Um, that's a, oh, oof, boy, I could talk a bunch about, about that too. Um, but the, so um, we identify with our thoughts. So then we feel guilty when we have negative thoughts or thoughts we quote unquote don't want to have. Um, but really, you have a million thoughts every day. There's going to be good ones and bad ones. That's the yin and the yang of the universe. So there's the thoughts, but then there's almost, I mean, kind of that witness consciousness, um, or maybe even in between that is the ego that is that tool that we can use to engage or not engage with those thoughts. Now, that's much easier said than done, of course, as many things we are and we talk about are. But it is important to note that second thing you said, which is a lot of uh, like meditation practice or Buddhist kind of things are about shutting off your mind. Like we got to get rid of our mind and get rid of our ego so that we can be present in the moment. And um, one with the universe, one with God. Exactly. Um, the thing about um, shutting off the ego is it's really hard. <laughs> it's very, it's not a light switch. Um, and if you sit down to meditate for even two minutes, you will see just how difficult it is to shut off your thoughts. Mm. Um, so if, if it is a thing that we must reckon with, we have all these thoughts and we have this ego that engages in pleasure and pain, um, you know, aversions and desires, then it's not so much about completely destroying your ego or completely getting rid of all those thoughts, but rather the mind is the strongest tool we have to get to a place where we can lose our ego a little bit or like calm our minds. Um, so while ultimately the goal may be to be an egoless person and to be not tortured by your thoughts. In the interim, something like uh, reading books would be engaging your mind to get to a spot where you don't have to engage your mind so much, <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know? You know what? It, and it, you went right to the same place because this thing that I was reading, guess, guess where it goes to the same place. It says the ego... And the idea of self are, according to Watts, the main problem. The ego and, that's and, kind of what, mm -hmm. and the, the idea of self. The heavy image we hold of ourselves is made of what we've been told we are or should be, our education and our ways of life. There's nothing further from what we really are than these very ideas. <laughs> so right? good. That's deep. I mean, that's enough right there. I'm not even going to keep on. No, keep that's on. Enough. Please, please. Yeah, true. We're the universe, just as it is a river, a galaxy, or a cloud. We are the universe expressed in the place that we feel is here and now. In other words, it's through our eyes that the universe observes itself. And that's pretty powerful. Yes. Yes. So so that's pretty powerful. I like that, too. You know, that it's through, through our eyes that the, the universe is observing itself and, and uh 
is a very one, you know, very united with, you know, with God creator, with, with, with everything. And that's what I was going to say, man. Wouldn't you say that that kind of does align with the teachings of Jesus or traditional Christian teaching as well, as well? Yeah. In a complicated way, it does. <laughs> Again, it's a lot about like the culture through which those ideas are being filtered and some of the terminology. Yeah. But I don't think it's that different necessarily. No, it's not. It's not because it's it's uh it's very community. It's very um it's, it's, yes, like the uh like this like the kill the eye. Yes. So and it, it, so there, it, I say it's complicated because uh it's been so polluted. Um, so that's why I say it's complicated. Well, yes. Uh, because you have to peel back so much. True. Um, True. You peel back I, on. Yeah. So, but there is yes because uh, there is the concept of of dying and being born again. There is, yes. you know, so so being born again in this new way, uh, this more open way, this more uh, way where, you know, the, this kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not somewhere far away. It's not in another place necessarily. Mm. Um, so that does tie into uh, a lot of this where, you know, through, you know, um, through your eyes, the universe is observ- observing itself. Um, and, and if you treat others the way you want to be treated, that's sort of another cycle of that same thinking, you know? Yes. Because if, if you're seeing the universe through your eyes and you're treating others the way you want to be treated, you're, and then, and like Jesus did say, he did say, uh, that uh how you treat others is how you treat him and that's a very that's a very popular christian notion uh that he would say to you you know in the afterlife you know you know you you fed me you clothed me and then you would say when did i do that lord i never saw you and he said when you did it for for these Hmm. you know so that's another notion of of that kind of oneness and everyone being connected um, it's a different lens, you know, which complicates yeah. it because it's such a different lens, but it is a much more um, unifying lens instead of a separatist lens, and mm-hmm. it's a far less uh, dogmatic lens. True. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice lens. It's, like a, it's, it's, it's a good <laughs> pair of glasses. Yeah. I think. yeah. It's, it's a little also... bit more clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, because I guess, you know, technically it would be in sort of a more Alan Watts speaking during like the 60s and 70s. It's a little bit more of a modern nomenclature than the, you know, year zero of uh, Christian teachings and things like that, even year 500, whatever. But culture and what I, but like I've been doing in my studies of like, you know, religion, period, all kinds, uh, culture informs religion. Absolutely. Tremendously. So so the fact that uh, my culture is informing my faith. It's completely normal. It's only abnormal if 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 I'm in a very fundamentalist, unthinking, unchanging, unevolving situation. That's when it would be like uh, blasphemous or something. Right. But if if I'm in an educated, uh, if I'm you know just if you just look back in time and you just look at so many so many things where where culture informed faith and and there's sort of like this um, very organic. Uh, playing field of seekers of all different kinds of faith uh, finding the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? and uh, that that in its it, within itself is 
quite interesting, you know, because it's it's almost like the misfits of every um, fundamentalist belief are all on the same trajectory. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know it, man. And this it's is this, wild. Well, this like nomenclature um, is. Oh, it's that thing that I always say about like I feel like if people took the word God in religious texts and replaced it with the universe, they would feel a lot better about it. So like even in the Our Father, Our Father, uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, if you think of it as like the lifeguard God who's like, I don't like it when you do blah, blah, blah. Um, Well, that's not the father I'm particularly interested in, but rather this like oneness of the totality of the universe, the universe's will will be done. Um, and so you can choose to harmonize with that or not based on the consciousness that you've been presented with this time I, around. I think what makes that concept complicated is it's, uh, and there is some Christian thought on that too, where it's, it's the, basically you have this thing of the creator versus the created things. And mm-hmm. I think that's what complicates that, like for me at least, because it's like um, those two are one to me because they, you know, the creator, the created things, us, even even in scripture made it, made in the image of. Um, so there's like this whole, it, it's one, it's like a power, it's somewhat of a paradox for me where it is one. And I can I can take it either way, but I still have a sort of separate way of looking at it, especially coming from um, sort of like I don't particularly talk to like the universe. I do talk to God, like more in a person state. You know, mm-hmm. like when I have it, when I'm struggling, it's like you know, it's more like Lord. You know, I'm going through this thing. I don't trust you. And it's it's more of like a, a personhood versus uh, and that's the the the, the, the only thing in that thing that kind of for me makes it difficult is that is because I have that perception of of a very personal kind of relationship I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, and that kind of like it's like there's uh, I think you you get what I'm saying probably absolutely man and I think so that's a little. Uh, that like practice of having that kind of personal relationship uh, is super valuable. And to the extent that um, if we are all the children of God and we are little drops of light, little drops of consciousness, that means the totality, the oneness God is the total conception of all that consciousness, Mm -hmm. which would of course encapsulate an ability to speak to that consciousness or like engage with it. Um, in a way not dissimilar from talking to somebody who knows way more than you. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, because, you know? because of what you just said, is why, like, I'm okay with either or mm-hmm. as far as, uh, and especially along a journey, you know? There may be a time when yeah, true. You're, you're more sort of becoming aware of a certain aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. And there may be a time when you're more uh, aware of a certain, another aspect you know like like if you're if you're on a mountaintop you're you know you're you're sort of like maybe just uh the awe the 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 sense of breathlessness like 
Wow. Maybe that's everything to you at that moment. And then yeah. on another trip, you're like uh, more aware of, of just the vastness and the giantness of it. And on another trip, something else or just uh, the life that lives there at the top. You know, how, you know, there's all these pieces. And then there, you know, but I still feel for me, there's like a separateness to that beauty and then the, the creator. It's just like, you know, a, a different layer kind of. That's interesting, man. Gosh, I could ask you a million questions about that. Like, who or what do you think that creator is? And that's a that's a the most difficult question oh, you could God. ask a person. Oh, well, uh, let me. Uh, could you answer that in two sentences, please? Uh, well, it's you. You can actually, in a way, you you can because you can. Yeah. So right. I I can, in a way where I would say it is. It is the unknowable, which is why I went, we've joked around plenty of times, which is why whenever I, I'm talking spiritual things with anyone and they claim to just know everything, wrong. <laughs> I, I, know the, I know, okay, this is not going to get anywhere. This is just going to be like an indoctrination. You know everything, which you can't possibly know because God is so massive. Everything is so uh, beyond our understanding. Yes. We're just grasp, trying to grasp. And it's it's the fun of it too. It's like you know the, the the it's not winning or losing that's the fun thing, really. The 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 whole process, the whole thing, as you throw yourself into it, that's the exciting part. And I think, as in the, in a yin yin yang kind of thing that we talk about a lot, mm-hmm. if we did know the fullness of God, the the, the excitement, the exploring, the what is this the how did this happen? Uh, it is it is the the brightness of life. It is the light of of, of our lives right now, and in the state we're in, that is the light to me. You know, the the not knowing, the exploring, the the peel back that bit of the onion. You know, like like we say, peel it back. That's whoa. Looking at that, you know, um, that is kind of uh, exciting to me, and. Uh, so that to me, God is is unknowable, yet knowable. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Well, because knowable uh, my, in part, I guess. Yeah, in part. Yeah, and that's actually there's a scripture. Uh, Paul says, uh, "For we see dimly now, uh, as as if looking through." I think he says, "As if as if looking through something like I forgot the exact wording." Mm. But we basically the the gist of it is we see dimly now, and uh, we testify in part, and we know in part. But then we will know in full, whenever that is, wherever that is, beyond what we understand right now. Once the death approaches, which we form most of everything we think is based on, a lot of it, you know, I'm starting to understand is based on death. And what yes. we've created concepts uh, to make death more bearable, and um, and that and and I love the fact that that's in the scripture, you know, in this 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 Christian um, uh, context that's become so dogmatic and fundamentalist in America. That Paul himself, it's it's so humbling, you know, that the, the apostle Paul who evangelized the the non-Jews, which is basically most of us. Uh, you know, that guy, you know, who fought with Peter to preach to all of us, 
he says, who says he saw Jesus in spirit while walking one day, who used to persecute Christians. He's the he on the road to Damascus guy? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. him who, who persecuted them, who was the persecutor of persecutors, had this big spiritual experience. And then after all that, he says, he testifies in part and knows in part, just like the rest of us. Yes. With, with humility. You know, if he was able to be that humble, and he actually, you know, it's, that's another reason I'm fascinated with the, the person uh, Enoch. Remember oh, well, Dude, why that... I want to study more on Enoch because yeah. he's he's written about and he has his own book that was that's quoted by the book of Jude, and then it says uh, in the scriptures that Enoch was taken alive because he merely walked with God. I added merely, but <laughs> think about that. You know, he's taken alive it, just because he walked with God. You know, that's that's how big God is. He asked you know? me to go for a walk. I, what, am I going to say no to the guy? <laughs> I got to take you alive, man. I didn't, I didn't, you, you, you misunderstood me, you know? Now I got to take you. So it's like, I'm just saying, it's, it's so big. You know, it's so huge. It's so ununderstandable. It's so unknowable. And one of the the things that does annoy me a lot is, you know, when, when people get up there on a podium and they talk about God like uh, he's their little brother. You know, <laughs> I, I, it, it annoys the heck out of me. So I was on the phone with God earlier yeah, this week. You know, and he likes this. He'll he never believe what he said. Yeah, he, likes, he likes the same music I like. He thinks the same things I think. He thinks he, he, he agrees with me on everything. He thinks you should do everything I think you should do. And, you know, and, uh, and that's so annoying, you know. So I, I'd much rather grasp and grapple with big ideas. You know, of yes. God, yeah, not yeah. little ideas like he he wants you to, you know, to wear this. He wants you to do this. He wants you to say this ten times. You know, to me, no disrespect to any religion, um, but like a very you know like rigid kind of thing is difficult for me because whenever I get close to God, I feel lighter. Don't feel yes. heavier. I feel when I when I feel I've had an, like a spiritual experience, I feel better. I feel lighter. I feel um, more at peace. Um, I don't feel heavier. I don't. It's sort of like a discernment, you know. Mm. If you're in a situation and it's a religious experience and it's making you feel heavy, it's making you feel burdened. It's making you beat yourself up. It, it it's a good chance. <laughs> You know, just because it's a religious experience, it doesn't mean it involves God, you know? Yes. And I think wow. that's something Great to think point. about, you know? And uh, that's my discernment, you know? That's how I decide whether or not I'm in a healthy uh, conversation or environment relating to God, you know? Mm. Do I feel more at peace? Do I feel um, more open? Am I, am I feeling like uh, a burden's being lifted? And that's another scripture, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's a Jesus quote. Love that. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if, if you're in a religious situation and your yoke is like, <laughs> <laughs> chances are it might not be Jesus. And it's that's probably not helping. It's probably not helping. Probably not helping. <laughs> you know, it, it might just be a system that's just trying to milk, milk you for whatever it can. I'm not saying it is. So I'm just saying it may be. Right. You know? 
Right. And I, oh, you know, I want to take this opportunity to apologize for all my cursing on the last episode. Oh just, well, dude. I, because, in, going back, I think I I curse more than you do, and uh, mm-hmm. we we've taken the note from man, upper management here at Content Content. <laughs> um, and that's your wife, I mean. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to it out, Mike. It's God's day. She, I mean, come on. Yeah. We don't need to be no, saying a bunch she of. She have a point because she, she the way she told me <laughs> it really sunk in because because it sunk in. You know why? Because I she goes, you know, you're you're saying all this this nice stuff, you know, and it, it's really and and I like it and I'm enjoying it and and then you talk about your balls. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> good point. You it's know, part of the right. universe, but I don't know if we should prioritize it less. Uh, you know, so yeah, it just kind of. She's like, you know, and then you see, it just kind of messes it up. It's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, all right, uh, good point. point. Point that's, well taken. That's legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at my sister. She goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah now that's uh we're, we're always <laughs> open to suggestions here on content content we yeah, got a we, we got a good one we got a good so. one um <laughs> well let me let me jump into this thing real quick mike before well, uh-huh. before we run out of time here because it of course as always in content content episodes ties to what we're talking about um one of the reasons why i really want to like get myself into meditation um as i got back into some of the, the readings of that guy uh chogim trumpa um, who is the guy who famously said in our lore, uh, with regard to spiritual the spiritual path, it's best to never start. But oh, if if you happen to start, it is best That's to finish. Stinger. That's, That's a stinger. Introduce that bit of vocabulary. The stingers are just oh, oh god, I should do that. <laughs> That's the cleaned up version. That's the cleaned up version. Yes. We're gonna call them stingers. Stingers now, okay? There'll be no kicking of any sort of undercarriages at all anymore. Um, they're just stinging you, and they can sting you wherever, you know, wherever on your body. So I'm so fascinated fascinated by Chogim Trumpa because um, he's like uh, he's the 11th in the this Trumpa line. So he is like a basically a realized being who is reincarnated. He's the 11th incarnation. Um, so he came, he was born in Tibet. He's like a Tibetan Buddhist. Um, he came to the United States in 1970. In 1974, he opened the Naropa Institute, which was kind of like the first Buddhist um, actual like accredited college in America. It was in Boulder, Colorado, still open to this day. Um, so he kind of put together... Um, the curriculum of well they had a bunch of students and and there was like a lot of um even like kind of celebrities were kind of floating around but like a lot of poets as well Allen ginsburg was like good friends with trumpa um but in this sort of initial curriculum the first semester first year what have you um the way it kind of went down was trumpa would teach one night and he's got these tibetan buddhist teachings and then the next night would be ramdas who was a Hindu. Oh, okay. And then the next night, Trumpa Ramdas. So um, there's a kind of like big philosophical argument between Hindus and Buddhists that can be boiled down. There's more to it than this, but it can be boiled down to the Hindus kind of believe it's all one. And they consequently have a sort of like very um, loving relationship to that oneness. 
that's we're all connected we're all in this one big giant oozing organism whereas the buddhists um tibetan or zen buddhists especially think it's all none it's all a void big giant void so they're a little less compassionate um they still see it kind of interesting because it's almost two sides of the same coin right exactly it's ultimately those even boil down to they're kind of saying the same thing um which says something about this sort of universality of teachings with deep wisdom in them but i I watched a documentary about trumpa this week and uh one of trumpa's buddhist students said about ramdas's hindu students uh, we we always used to call them the love and lighties because they were all like, oh, it's all love, you know. And, um, you know, so they had this kind of like, um, you know, they, they, they were able to work together, point being. And I would the reason I really want to bring this up is because I almost I would like to, uh, although I would like to apologize to you for my line of questioning last week. Now, I, I was not indicting you in any of your beliefs, of course. I was more just interested in what you would say to this. Yeah, I, that's, of that's how I took it. Um, but the idea that along it, and now, you know, Trumpa, again, he's pretty much a realized being, uh, 11th incarnation. Whether you believe in that stuff or not, he was a very well, he was learning spiritual teachings from when he was a baby every moment of every day. So he's pretty serious about it. And he was okay with having someone the next night teach a theoretically completely different religion from his. Yeah. Theoretically. Right. Keyword. Yeah, exactly. Theoretically. And could you imagine the could you imagine an institute a college and a place of higher learning where monday night was christianity tuesday night was islam uh you know whatever it's wednesday night was uh judaism maybe thursday night is protestantism friday night is catholicism in our modern context and for the past hundred years and maybe even longer that seems absurd because it's like well one of those is right and the rest of those is wrong um, when we, of course, have talked a lot about how that's not the case at all, that because yeah. culture shapes religion and all types of thought in general, that, well, the cultural terminology and the trappings um, shape how a person can come to a what we would call ultimately universal truth, um, that, in fact, those teachings are not incongruous at all. And so this also speaks to the thing we say that the spiritual path is so individualized and that it's very difficult to give somebody a pamphlet with all of the answers in it because you don't know what that person's been through. You don't know where they're from, the culture they're in, what their upbringing was like, what they feel motivated by, what they feel unmotivated by, that whatever the terminology, whatever your conception of God is, so long as, I, I suppose if we had to put any caveat on it at all, so, so long as you're not bringing more violence, more hatred, more negativity into yes. the world, 
I think but, we, and I asked you this this question last week was, who do you think you would have more in common with? A person who is Hindu, who believes in turn the other cheek, who believes in treat others the way you want to be treated, or a evangelical Christian who thinks that gay people are going to burn in eternity forever. <laughs> um, you, of course, said, well, the Hindu, because obviously we agree on way more. Mm-hmm. And... I think maybe we could go along. Maybe it's not that we have to, ah, maybe this is two rose-colored glasses, but it's not that we have to find the one religion that's right. It's just that we have to be respectful of the myriad ways that one can tap into universal truth. Well, I just want to say, don't ever think that you can bring up at 56 minutes into this, (laughs) <laughs> something that heavy and we're gonna end, we're gonna end the episode at one hour i know i was gonna like leave you know it for next week but i bulbs, you know how many light bulbs just went off all right you know me well we could go right. a little over this week we're gonna, we, yes we have to um here we go uh and, I, and i'm gonna i'm gonna start at the most fundamentalist uh cult place which is where i once was um, to show my journey to understanding what you just said. Um, w- one day in the cult, uh, everyone was asked to say their definition of faith. And this isn't a strict, you know, everyone has to believe the same thing. Mm. Everyone had a different definition. And this is all people who want to just agree, who want to just do what the leader says. Right. Not one of us had the same definition. And how did that go over in that moment? Was it awkward? <laughs> it was. It was. I think it. He. He. He was. You know, very authoritarian. Um, mm. but he had to kind of accept it. It was one of the few times he accepted differences. Yeah. And he also even you know. So, now that that's that's the onion in the middle. Mm, yes. Pull up a little. Yeah. Now you go outside of that. Now you go through all of Christianity. How many denominations? I mean, you got the Calvinist, you know, versus the the. Forget we don't we don't even listen. We've got complete uh, opposite. Not even denominations. We've got um, like outskirt. Know-it-alls like uh, Jehovah Witness, Ooh, the Mormons, yeah. like they're not even touching Christian. Like they, they, <laughs> we got our own prophet who came, and we got this whole new other thing. Yeah, we're not even going to touch that. That's a right. whole another layer. But I'm saying, in you have non-denominational, you have Baptist, you have you have Southern Baptist. You even in within Baptist, mm-hmm. it's separated. Right, and you got Pentecostal, and yeah. you got Episcopalian, and, and even, you got. And when I was, and to go back down to being in the cult, the cult, if you just, you stayed as a Christian and you just went to another place, you were losing your salvation. Really? So, yeah. So, you still believe in Jesus. You still Mm -hmm. believe that he saved you. You still believe all that stuff. But just because you went to another group, you will lose your salvation. It's It's a big chance. Like, they, they won't say you will, but there's a like he's he's done. It's, like you're ba- you're you, you've left God. Like if you leave that place, you like I'm lost. 
yeah. basically to, to that group. Right, right. And thank goodness for that. Like, and if they're not, no. And if they, if you're in that group and you think I'm not lost, then you're not going by the, the true beliefs of the right, group. Right, then you're not getting it. You're not getting it. So mm-hmm. so you're questioning. The, if you if you see me right now and you're, you're in that group and you don't think I'm lost, then you're, you're really not in that group. Right. So, so, so I'm, you get, you see where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. So you keep pulling back. Now you want to go into a Christian and then you name everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't even get it together with, and, and, it, and this is a funny story. Once at work, it was world peace day. You got all these freaking people on their, you know, la 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 love peace, you know, playing these different <laughs> instruments. You had, you had like uh, a lot of like Americans who went to India you know, yeah. and learn this stuff and come back dressed, you know, they're like 100% dipped in that stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, in every way, you know, meditating probably, standing on their heads the whole night. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you something. One of, one, of those, one of those groups went up there and played some songs that weren't, like, in line with the beliefs of the other in the... I, I don't remember exactly whether it was Hindu, Buddhist, I don't remember which one. Let me tell you that what I heard them saying to each other backstage. <laughs> they were they were not they were not peace and love at that moment, and they were really pissed because of a split in thinking. See? Which is why I hate splitting thinking, mm. black and white thinking, um, just because of that. So on one hand, you have look at look at how you said you have these two really uh, like. Uh, very enlightened people on different sides of the fence teaching right after each other. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you you have uh, people who, just because I don't believe in one thing that you believe in, you know, like there's, there's, uh, you know, there's people in Christianity who, who if, if you, they'll say you have bad theology just for this one thing, just because I believe I'll explain it instead of saying the terms because it's it's more easy for people to understand that don't know it. Mm, such if as myself. I believe that uh, God, that I sort of made a decision to save myself, let's say. If I feel like I accepted uh, Jesus and I'm like, okay, I did that, I accepted God, and now I'm saved. Versus God does the saving and it's like the the elected, it's like a whole thing, versus God picked you. He did the saving, mm-hmm. and then you, so you could, you, he, it's too much of a big thing that you could even do because you're just a piece of garbage. You can never, you know, it's like, it's like this. And, and the thing about that thinking that I never liked <laughs> is because you've got these preachers who, who are uh, basically your, your garbage God is everything, and they're always like basically leveling the, the playing field to turn you. And so now you got a guy like me who I started listening to some of those guys. Mm. There's a there's a famous one, Paul Washer. And you're I'm already depressed. <laughs> I, I already have a, a voice inside who, who, who's mean to me, right? And now I got this guy telling me that <laughs> I didn't do anything. 
I, <laughs> I'm wretched of the wretched, and that comes from there's a certain century uh, when I studied the history of Christianity that that was really popular. Like, you are wretched. You're you're nothing. You're garbage. Mm. And 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 it's by the you know then they they kind of flip it. So basically, what they do is they make you feel like you're the most sinful piece of junk. Yeah. Yeah. And then God, even though you're a piece of junk, he comes and he just kind of saves you because he's so loving. Even right. though you're just like this, you're so, but let's think about that. I mean, you know, all, all the, the, the people right now, you know, there's certain people who would be losing their, uh, I, you know, bad word, um, <laughs> right now. So, so, because in that situation, you're made in God. Let's, I got a challenge for that, you know? You're made yeah. in God's image. Okay, so in a sense, this is, my, this, this is what broke me out of that. I was saying, like, well, if I'm made in God's image um, and I hate myself, I kind of hate God. Right. And that kind of opened up a whole other thought process. And if he loves me so much, he made me, and he'll forgive me for anything. It's like it, there's this, this lot of like emotional kind of like stuff that doesn't. It's not even paradoxes. It's not even like like I'm made in his image, but I'm a piece of garbage, and that's a paradox because they're both it's they're both true. It's just incredible. No, it can't. It, it almost those things can't be reconciled. There's a lot of spiritual truths that sound contradictory, and the wonderful thing about them is that they can be reconciled. You're like. Yeah, but think about it. It's true. These two opposite things, they're both true. And you're like, and when you sit there and you're like, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. That's when you get this like, you know, moment. And it's like, wow, they really are. That's, that's astounding. It's mm-hmm. true. And that's when you get into these deeper places and these, this, this wonderful kind of exploration, you know, of, of things we don't understand. Um, and I think that that speaks a lot to, that whole kind of uh, conversation of, of those types of things about, you know, uh, is, do they have the truth? Does he have the truth? You know, listen, my cult thought they had a, 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 an immense, special truth for, for the 40 to 50 people mm. that no one else had Yeah. in Christianity. I mean, we're going back 2,000 years. <laughs> and they're like, we figured it out. We've got, and it, people were people were shamed once. And this this is one of the things that that I, I hated. I had so many bad experiences, but this one particularly. And it was funny because I'm an empath, so it hurt me more to see other people being hurt I than when I would get. It. And when they he went up, and these there's all these people who are obedient, like. You would not believe how obedient these people are. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to the littlest, most insignificant things that they're told mm. um, that don't even make sense. <laughs> All they did was ask if they could attend a conference that was like a, a five-hour thing somewhere about uh, leadership or something. It was a Christian thing from another place. Would you believe he paraded them up in front of everybody? And oh, chastise no. them. Oh that no! That this is you. That that God is not going to teach you here. That this is not going to this and this. And, da, 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 da. and like he he berated them. Like he, he embarrassed them. He shamed them. 
And that man, that really, that really made me feel so horrible because even though I was there and I didn't agree with the stuff, I actually, I loved those people because I was with them for like five years. Yeah. Like I loved those people. Mm-hmm. And to see them treated that way by somebody who um, was supposed to be their spiritual guide, at least, let's say, that they trusted and, and that they did so much to please, it was just horrible. And um, I think that that is the worst of, I think that was an important thing to inject because I think that that is worst case scenario of that behavior. Yeah, agreed. Totally agree. So, Where, Especially you, you've got a small group of people who right. are so authoritarian about this and, is the only way. <laughs> and I'd like to add, to, make, to bring this out into a universal perspective, that I, when I did go to, uh, it's called ICSA, which is like a, like Alcoholics Anonymous. ICSA is well, ex-cult member anonymous. Hmm. It's an easy way to explain. You sit in a circle, and I was blown away because there's, there's the Moody's, there, there was Buddhist ones, there was Jehovah Witnesses. Man, and we all connected with our stories. It didn't matter. It, there, was, there was some weird ones about sound waves and shit, like cult. But anything, oh, I cursed. <laughs> so, so there's these ones where, basically, my point is there was all types of yeah. cults, yeah, based on everything you can think of. But when I went and talked to one of those people, or I told my story, they related. They would say, "Yeah, my they a lot of what they said." So I started to call my my old pastor guru because that's what a lot of them would say it was sort of like a you know like every group has their own kind of vocab sure yeah and they would say they would say yeah my guru used to x y and z mm-hmm. and i would say oh yeah yeah mine's always did that too and then so it's kind of this community of people who had completely different fundamentalist belief was quite beautiful if you think about it who gather yeah in this shared heartbreak and disillusionment of trusting uh, a person way too much than they should have instead of God, you know, creator, universe, this bigger vastness, uh, the creation, letting, letting that voice inside of you that's already there tell you what's here, you know, because that's another thing, too. The, the, there, there's a lot of scripture about, you know, being written on our hearts that it's, it's already there, you know, the law, because you got to think about that too. If if uh, th- there was a lot happened before we could write, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so so holding to text so um, like hard, you know. I mean, let's let's not even go into translation. It's not even. I'm just saying in general, just holding to text so hard as as to your guide. That is even can move into a form of idolatry where you're you're worshiping the text rather than the creator of the text or Mm -hmm. the creator of what inspired the text or the oneness of everything you know because i'm be honest with you like the more that we talk about the universe and the creator i'm getting into more of a paradox vibe about it you know i'm i'm like i'm feeling like it's both true for me and it's it's not even it's i'm feeling like because you can't have one without the other, in a sense. 
You know, yeah, you can't I, have I it would agree with one. you there, yeah. So I'm sort of, I'm feeling kind of comfortable uh, with both. And, um, and, and I think that that is the, you know, going from the cult, which is like all the way like deep, the earth's core. Yeah. And I feel like now it's kind of a good, it's a good way of looking at it from that core of the earth to the mountaintop. Yes. That's pretty mm-hmm. much my journey. That's been my journey uh, from, you know, from the cult being in the core of the center of the earth to a mountaintop out of breath because it's, it's so glorious. You know, it was a hard climb up the whole thing. That's the spiritual journey that, I, that I've been on. And uh, I think it, it describes it very well. And sometimes, you know, you hike a little more than you thought you were going to and you feel a little sick. <laughs> yeah. And it happens. It happens. And that's what we, that's what we but did. But it's we beautiful when you get today. there. <laughs> and it's, I hope it was beautiful when we got here because we went, we went 12 minutes over. We, we hiked a little more than we thought we would. I hope it's a beautiful mountaintop and it, it, it uh, reached somebody that, you know, my goal is always, you know, yours too. We've talked about it. Our goal is always to try and say something that is going to benefit someone that is uh, either going to make them be kinder to themselves take them out of a, you know, an abusive situation, you know, be it religious or anything, uh, you know, lead people to freedom, to freedom of thought, freedom of, uh, freedom to love who you want to love, uh, you know, not to be uh, pushed in directions and, and uh, you know, be liberated, you know, and uh, as much as we possibly can. We're tied into a system. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, right. You know, give to Caesar what's I love. You know, I love that one. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. That's right. That that's all you can do. And there are an infinite number of ways to attain that sort of union with the universe, with God. Yeah. Um. And when, uh, yeah, when you claim to be the only one who has the only way, that there's one way to. That's a very. I, I don't know about that. And can I address a question that if by any chance there's a, there's a, a Christian watching who's saying, well, how can you believe all these things and still be Christian? Yeah, uh, I, I'd like to, to address that um, because I'm 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 a universalist, which means that when Jesus died on the cross and he said, "The Father forgive them, for they know not what they do," and I believe he died for absolutely everyone. I don't believe that there's a work that he left undone. I believe that he completed the work and it's not any work for us to do to be saved. And that's why I have no problem from a Christian perspective accepting, not being concerned about people being saved. Not it's it's first of all I, I believe God does the saving. I believe God did the saving. I believe it was all completed at that moment and that's what from a Christian perspective allows me to be like, it is done, you know, for me, that's my faith. That's my journey. And I, and I started it as a fundamentalist spiritually. Remember, you know, you don't have to believe what I'm saying, like in a way where, uh, you believe it literally to understand what I'm saying, you know, right. So, and that's what I was going to say is um, whether or not I personally believe exactly what you believe either mm-hmm. isn't irrelevant 
But what I have seen is those teachings and those readings, what have you, have made you feel more content, dare I say. And that process is what I respect. And I think that that is the key. Because I, I, if we can do that, right, if, if, I can, if I can hear, like, you say something, Derek, and I don't 100% co-sign it, let's say, for myself, mm. if I can hear it and I can see so much good in it and, and, and that I learned so much from it and that maybe I'm not there and I can, and I can even be open to the point to say and be honest with my, myself enough to, to know that 10 years ago, Michael, wouldn't even talk to 10 years now later michael if i can be that honest to know that i'm constantly changing to know that what although i may not grasp what you're saying now that maybe that might be right where i'm sitting next year or in 10 years Mm -hmm. if i can do that i think that it allows me to grow it's sort of like i'm moving towards the sunlight as if, if i was a plant i'm moving i'm like okay there's some sun there there's some sun there i'm not saying Oh, that's not the sun I want. That's not the light I want. Mm-hmm. No, there's light. There's light. Let me get some of that light, and and it, it's going to make me grow. And um, I think we all should do that for each other. You know, if if it's not particularly, the only rules I have is 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 when you think you know it all. When it's when it's narrow, it, it's weird because there's another paradox. Because you're the now, narrow road. There's there's a yeah. There's a difference between narrow mindedness. Yes. And a narrow road, a narrow path. Mm, Yes. And I feel that's incredible, but true. True. Because the narrow mindedness will take you very far away from the narrow road. Yeah, because Uh, because it's, it's interesting because narrow mindedness is the wide road in a sense. Yeah, true, because it's so it's rejecting so many things. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Just to go with this, you know, wide scope of of whatever. So you're 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 not really looking for that difficult place. You're not you're not you're not leaning towards the pain, you're not leaning towards which which is a wide road. You know. Yes. It's, it's, I mean we I'm sure I just lost a few people, but as far as what I'm saying, but and uh, here we go, Andrea. Thank you for the encouragement, Andre. Uh, we are always learning and growing despite our age. Must stay open-minded for growth. Amen to that. Ain't that the truth, man? You're, the path you never reach the end of it. Um, yeah. And to remain open-minded, particularly in older age, uh, difficult but incredibly important, in my opinion. Which is um, true, never stop walking. Never stop don't. that walking meditation. Unless you got to come back down the mountain before it gets dark. <laughs> That's true. Then, look, if you got to take listen, care of yourself. Man, you know? When I was coming down the mountain, there were two people. Because it was like 8 o'clock when, when we were like almost, thank God, we got, you know, we finished it before it got dark. Yeah. They were just going up there. A couple. You're like, guys, I, I don't know if. Black. <laughs> and, and I did see little, um, little fire, like logs, up there. Okay, like so. As people maybe stay so maybe, the night yeah. or whatever. Maybe they, they, you can still do that too, I guess. I'll tell you, that's how you run into a moose, is you spend the night up there. Hell yeah, they're going to run into have dinner with them. I, who knows what they're going to run into. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. I'm too chicken for that still. I don't know. 
Um, all right, Mike. Well, yeah, yeah, we've gone a little over. This is a great one, man. Um, well, again, what? we went over there. I know. Well, I did. I wanted you to bring threw, that into listen, the discussion. You threw out a bomb. You were like, "Hey, Mike, how's it going?" I thought we were having, but it kind of tied in, so you kind of set me up. So I went for it. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm glad. I'm glad you did, though. I'm happy you did. But look, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sort that one up over a, a series of episodes in the very near future. Um, also, Andrea, who came on to our uh, hashtag, was it corn? Oh no, it was one of our other episodes where we had a bunch of guests. He said, she said podcast. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Freddie and Andrea, give them a listen. Uh, they're in a couple episodes. Um, awareness is key. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Yeah, check them out. And I think he even has a uh, Maddie and Daddy. Freddie has uh, another one. They have like two long, two podcasts. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're building a little network here on Content Content. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, listen, Mike, thank you very much for taking time out of your um, relaxing, glorious, and beautiful vacation there. Vacating the New York City. Uh, as you have done so, so far upstate. Practically Canada, let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I think they say you can walk over like on a mountain. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. (laughs) All right, man. Later.